Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, what we wanted to talk about, um, I'm not really sure what the right term for it is. The one that comes into my mind uh, when I was thinking about this topic is transferable skills. Um, or generally, it's this feeling that I've been having recently about when I look at the various parts of making apps that aren't the actual sitting in Xcode, uh, like writing code part. Um, there's a lot of different skills and techniques and abilities that go into the, the actual like production of software. And a lot of them, I was noticing that the place that I learned that skill um, was very distinct from actual development. So as an example, the recently uh, when I launched Workouts++, I launched with a walkthrough video, well, which is sort of this long, sort of like eight to 10 minute, um, you know, sort of screen by screen walkthrough of the app. Um, and I also had made a little like shorter, like 30 second commercial. Um, and I put these up on YouTube with the hope of trying to just kind of, it's this, you know, if, if someone's on the fence about the app, especially because it's paid up front, that maybe they'd watch the video, um, get a sense of the app and then decide, you know, make an informed decision. And I realized that I was able to make these videos with fairly low effort and time, um, mostly because in the past I've messed around with making uh, videos of other kinds, uh, whether sort of like for personal um, projects and that kind of thing, or even if there was a period of time when I was doing like um, co-tutorials on YouTube, I tried that. There was a couple few episodes of my old podcast, Developing Perspective, where I did them kind of like vlogs, where I'd like sat and looked into the camera and recorded it that way. Um, and those projects never went anywhere. Like they're not part of my business. They're not big and significant in that way. But by sitting down and like doing these things that are on the side or sort of these orthogonal separate projects, um, what I keep finding time and time again is that I am building these skills that down the road I find, huh, interesting. I, this is actually something that I need uh, for my main job, you know, so for making these videos or making app previews now. Like I'm comfortable in Final Cut Pro. Um, but not, you know, which is useful to me now, but I did not just sit down and try and learn it for the actual job I do. And I find that this sort of pattern of having a rich set of side projects and little hobbies and things to try from time to time keeps coming back to inform my own work, like my primary job um, again and again. And so it seemed like something that was worth discussing as a an important skill for kind of developing yourself and i think especially it's applicable as an independent developer where i have to do so much of this myself like i'm the one who is writing the code as well as the person who's making the pr promotional materials um, and making the marketing videos and doing all these different things that maybe if i was at a big you know a big startup there would be a marketing division that may have like a creative audiovisual person who really knows what they're doing and could probably make a better product than I could. Um, but like, that's someone else's job. Whereas for me, like, that's my job. Yeah. And, it, you know, it also, as, as indie developers, like we, we need a lot of the stuff to be done ourselves because we often either don't have the, the contacts on hand to call, to do things like this for us. And, or we can't afford to have other people do it. Cause like when you're an indie, 
any expense that you spend on other people's labor is a lot of money usually like relative to what you're bringing in like hiring contract workers hiring services to make you things like videos and and designers this can be a substantial expense for indies and often it is just completely not within the budget uh or at least it would be it would be way too big of a portion of the budget to make it probably not a good idea so a lot of times you you as an indie have to do a lot of this crazy stuff yourself you have to be able to make you know whip up a little like logo for things sometimes you have to like like if the app store asks you for promotional artwork for your app for possible featuring in the store uh you have to you have to design something that fits their requirements which change over time and are always slightly different (laughs) so like you can't just have a designer make something once and and be done forever like you have to be able to whip stuff together in in that in that way for like for something that that you might have to get done by like tomorrow at noon or you kind of need to do this right now to have this opportunity or something like that um and you know things like as you said videos are another excellent example of like you know if if you have an app and apple announces hey now you can do app previews in the app store if you already know the basics of how to cut together a video that's that looks halfway decent that puts you way ahead of so many other people who will never do that can't do that very well um or just would never even try because they would think it's impossible um, and so to have that kind of transferable skill, you know, as I said, just from side projects, it's incredibly valuable. I mean, and, and as you as you get older, I think it, it serves you well to to add to that repertoire as much as you possibly can when you have the chance. So to do crazy side projects, to, to, to try out some new tool or some new medium or something else, you know, try out new stuff, have little side projects, even if they don't go anywhere themselves they will build up those skills in you and you will probably need them at some point down the road. Yeah. And I feel like too, there's this interesting thing with these types of skills is that in some ways, like the older I get, the more I understand that like there is certainly something to be said for being like super, super um, expert at something like somebody who can do one thing extraordinarily well. Um, like there's a value to that, both you know, in, in, in professionally as a society. Like, there's an, it's important for some people to go down that road. Um, but I know for myself, what I found is that it's like it, it's, it's more. It's, it's probably more applicable and flexible um, to try to consciously develop a broad range of skills um, to apply to you know to apply to different areas um of your work and so to be able to do lots of different things i mean it, it's helpful both obviously in terms of like if you're trying to get a job you know if you're uh trying to market yourself as something like it's great if you can do this one thing and that's exactly what someone's looking for but if you're looking for a job and like you can do lots of things pretty well and be a good a quick learner of the other stuff like that's probably more attractive to you know to a person but it's also just honestly i find that it's more fun for me to have this kind of a perspective a skill set and and an ability to be able to try so many different things um you know and be able to do like a lot of things basically competently um not like well like i can't i you know the things i can do in photoshop or in final cut um are not fancy they're not like i'm not a graphic designer i'm not a um, a, you know, a videographer or whatever, but I can do these things to enough of a level that it's fun and it's interesting and it's, you know, it's competent. Like it, there's not just glaring mistakes and huge problems. And it's kind of a nice thing to be able to do that. And honestly, I think if it's part of what has allowed me to stay, um, 
interested and excited in the kind of work that I do. You know, like I've been making iOS apps now for a very long time. And in many ways, I'm kind of like bored with making iOS apps, but the, the core mechanics of making iOS apps is not the thing that is as nearly as exciting um, as all the various other things that go into being, you know, being self-employed, especially. Um, and like, it's fun to find these new, these new things to, to, to try and pull into your work um, to, you know, just to, to try something new and keep it fresh and interesting um, that if you don't, I feel like I just get bored. And then I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what else I'd do. Like, this is certainly the skill that I, I have the most and would make sense for me to continue to pursue. But it's definitely something that I'm glad that I can add this diversity and sort of vibrancy into my work by looking for little side projects, by looking for little hobbies. And then in my own work, looking for, huh, what can I learn, take from this experience and put into, you know, my into my own work? It also just it, it gives your brain different outlets. So for different different types of of work and satisfaction and challenge and creativity, um, you know all these different types of work that we do serve those needs and provide different levels of fulfillment all differently. And so like like for me, I I, I make apps and that satisfies like my programmer brain. I also do podcasts and I I edit them fairly creatively and and I and like that. And sometimes I even write blog posts, and and these are all completely different types of creative or intellectual outlets. And they and like if I don't do any one of them for a long time, uh, like I'm I'm not as satisfied. I'm not as intellectually satisfied and, and happy as if I'm do if if I'm satisfying all these different things. You know, often and then you know I'll go into I'll go in phases where I will get more or less into photography. Um, and I recently even started doing video uh, attempts. And these are you know it's it's all it, this all serves multiple purposes. Uh, you know, a, as you mentioned, like it is nice to have just the break. Um, it, and but to me, it's also nice to be able to develop different parts of your creative and intellectual mind, and and then to sat to exercise and satisfy those in different ways. Yeah, and you also it's it's also probably just. It's a weird thing to say, but I feel like it's it's a develop look. It's also a a discipline to think of for yourself of looking at our our past experiences and trying to see if there are any things in there that like make us you better at like the job at hand. You know, so we're like if I look at my job, it's like I'm trying to make apps, but I can look at my past experience. Like, what do I? What experiences do I have that would make me distinctly good at this? And where can I draw that from? And like, it may come from things that um, aren't as obvious or aren't as um, like straightforward. Like, it, you know, in some ways I've, like, I recently have been doing a lot of health and fitness apps. And it's like some of that I'm drawing from obviously my own experience. Uh, I wouldn't say like, I'm a huge person who like, you know, I'm like, I'm like a gym rat who works out all the time, but I feel, I've, been a, I've had a fairly active lifestyle for quite a while. Um, and it's like, I can draw from those experiences to, to, to inform and make uh, my products better. Whereas someone who didn't have that experience, who'd never, you know, gone to a gym in their life, couldn't really do the kind of apps that I do. And that's just an example of what are the things that we do in our lives that we can use as a, like an unfair advantage because most of like being able to be successful, like it's always so often it is predicated on finding this little bit of leverage that is somewhat unique to us that we can apply in a way that, 
you know, gives us an unfair advantage over our competitors. Because if we're just all the same, then I guess it's just completely random who's going to win. Um, but if you can find a reason that's just like, here's this thing that I can do. Like, I'm the person who has, you know, has an active lifestyle, who's been making mobile apps for a while. Apple introduces this new API. I jump in and dive, you know, dive into it and start using it. Like, that narrows down the world of people who can do that thing. Um, and so looking back at our lives and being like, what have, what do we do? What are we interested in? Like, what hobbies do we have? You know, what, what does that look like? Is really, I think, good, good bit of, uh, like, it's a mental discipline of, like, that introspection is probably a helpful thing to make sure that we're not, like, missing some skill or ability that we have that we could be leveraging somehow in our work. Oh, yeah, because, like, the, the business implication, you know, like, so there was, like, the, you know, the, the intellectual and creative satisfaction implications of having all these different skills. That's one thing. But as you mentioned, like, the business side of this is also incredibly important, um, you know, because it, it goes beyond just, like, you know, what do I know that other people don't know about making a new type of app X into, like, if you have a, a, a bit more broad or varied or specialized perspective into the world you will not only have skills that not every other iOS programmer has, but you will also be able to identify opportunities and identify new markets, new kinds of apps that can be made or, or markets that are incredibly underserved or badly served by what's out there now. You will see those before the whole rest of the world will, will ever see them because you'll, you'll already be in that world. Like, you know, like every time I go to the dentist, I always laugh at like how incredibly bad their software looks on the screen that's in that's in the uh, the uh, cleaning rooms, and it's 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 like Windows ninety five software. And I'm just like, you know, not a lot of iOS developers are dental hygienists, and so they they don't see this. This is an, a totally underserved market, and if you happen to be an iOS developer who's also a dental hygienist. You could you would see this, and you might be able to make better software that would help this market, and that's a, that's an area where almost no one's competing, right? And so, like this is like there's so many different things. Like almost everybody has some some need or or hobby or skill in their life that is fairly unusual among other developers, and you know use that. Like one of the reasons I was able to to develop all the overcast audio filtering stuff a couple of years ago is that I've been playing with audio my entire life. Like I've always been obsessed with audio. I was doing compression analysis and, and weird like attempts at horrible hacks and audio processing since long before I was an iOS developer. I've just always loved it. I've always messed with it. I've always, you know, done a lot of research about it and, and, and known, known a lot about it. And, you know, it's just one of these things like that helped me out tremendously. I could also take a decent picture sometimes. And so when I made Instapaper and I needed an icon and I had no money to give anybody else to make me an icon, I just took a pretty good picture of the pages of a book and I put like a little stupid Photoshop border around it. And in retrospect, it looked terrible, but it was good enough for the time. Like it was totally fine. <laughs> and and I didn't, I, I didn't have any other choice. I couldn't afford a designer at that time. So I just did what I could with with my existing skills, put it out there, and it worked fine. It was good enough. And, you know, same thing, like, with, with screenshots, with a lot of icon design that I do inside the app. Like, you know, now, like, I, I still have my, my app icon that was designed by a real designer, Louis Mantia, but my all the, all the icons that are in the app, I've designed myself because that's good enough for, you know, for my purposes. Like, I've, I've developed that skill to be good enough, and it works. And then I'm able to 
make new icons, to make adjustments, to change things like colors and thickness and, and, and alignment and everything else, to make little tweaks without having to go back and forth to a designer and pay a bunch of money because I have this skill now. Like the, the, basically, the smartest thing you can do with these skills is like find ways to rope them into your business wherever possible. So that's not to say that every that you shouldn't have anything that's just that's just randomly fun, but if you have other skills that could be useful in your business or like if you're looking to develop some kind of visual artistry skill and you happen to make iOS apps, well you know what? You have a really great opportunity right there to tie those things together and to to design the stuff in your app using your newfound visual artistry skills. Like there are, there are lots of opportunities that you will have as a developer to integrate multiple skills in. And I think what we're saying this episode is you really should, <laughs> and you should consider uh, learning different types of skills or, exper- or experimenting with different types of things that could benefit your apps. We are sponsored this week by Zojo. Go to zojo.com, that's xojo.com, xojo.com slash radar to find more and listeners of the show can get 20% off any license with code radar 20 zojo is a cross-platform development tool for creating native apps for desktop mobile web and even the raspberry pi i'll tell you what raspberry pi i i have never used one of those things but i really want to this is another skill that i feel like i should probably develop because it's like it's like this little computer for like 30 bucks and it's just oh man the opportunities there are endless uh, anyway zojo will help you develop cross-platform apps desktop, mobile, web, and Raspberry Pi. They currently support macOS, Windows, Linux, iOS, and coming soon, even Android. With Zojo, you can write just one version of your app, say on the Mac, for instance, and then you can just check a checkbox and have a completely native Windows version as well. It really is that simple. Zojo uses native controls, so your app, your app looks at home on every platform that it runs on. You'll be, able to, you'll be able to build apps 10 times faster, which will save you time and money. This is also especially useful for indie developers right here because you can't afford like a separate Android and iOS department. No, you can just use Zojo, write one app, and you can cover all these different platforms. It is great for everyone, newbies to professional developers. Uh, it's currently used by over 300,000 developers worldwide, from students to Fortune 500 companies. So go take a look at their site. You will see just how many companies you recognize who use Zojo. And it's free to use. And uh, you just need a license to if you want to build a standalone application. So like you can you can try it out. You can develop with it for free. But if you want to build a standalone app, you need a license. Go to zojo.com. That's x o j o dot com slash radar to find out more. And listeners of the show can get twenty percent off any license with code radar twenty. Once again, zojo.com slash radar code radar twenty. Thank you so much to Zojo for their support of this show. So given the benefits that were kind of extolling about having side projects and having these things that you do um, to kind of build a breadth of skills and experiences. It, something that it does come to mind to me, though, is the the difficulty often in starting a new project. And um, so one of the, I think it made sense to wrap this up by kind of talking about that process of having an idea for, for a project, a side thing, and then actually making it happen. And like what comes to mind for me is like for a long time, I've always been a, a long time lover of podcasts and I would listen to podcasts all the time. And it was just like a big part of my day. And I always had in the back of my mind, like, Oh man, I should get into that. I should, you know, I should make a podcast. I should do something for myself. And for a long time I didn't. Um, and the advice that I actually ended up getting, I think pretty sure this was from back to work, uh, from Merlin Mann is he was like, if you, if you have something in your mind that is 
that you keep saying to yourself, like, oh, one day I'll do this. One day I'll learn how to do that. One day I'll kind of go through and build that discipline. It's like, what you really need to do is just look at it. It's like make a, a time-bound goal and do that thing on a regular basis for that time. And at the end, you can decide, is this actually something I like? Do I enjoy it? Is this, or am I just sort of having this dream that I'm going to love it and I'll actually try it and I'll hate it. And so for me, like I started the the podcast I did before Under the Radar, Developing Perspective. I started it with a, like this terrible Logitech USB headset microphone. Like I didn't, don't buy, like don't like buy into the lie that like, you need all this equipment or you need all these fancy things before you can start. Like you can almost certainly start with just like what you have. Like your smartphone can do almost everything you could ever possibly need for a creative project. And so just like go with that. And he said, what I just said is like, okay, I'm going to do an episode every day for, I think I said about three weeks. And so I did, which was 15 episodes, 30 minutes, uh, or that was 15 minutes or less. And so like, I'm just going to do 15, 15 minute episodes. And if I can do that, and then get to the end of it, like I, I can buy myself a, a good mic and so on. Like at that point, if I decide that I want to do it, but I found it was really helpful to look at a project like that and say, it's like, I just need to commit to it, try it. And then if I like it, great. If not, you know, I can move on it. For me, it turned out podcasting was great. I enjoyed it. And, you know, I did uh, developing perspective for three or four years. And I've been doing under the radar for over a year now. Like podcasting is something that is useful, has been useful for my career in terms of um, building a bit of a, you know, a brand and a personality online. Um, as well as it's like useful in other weird ways. Like, like I said, I did a walkthrough video for Workouts Plus Plus, and it involved a, uh, like a voiceover, you know, like you're doing this voiceover work, um, as I, you know, show how to use the app. I did all the voiceover work in one take, mostly because I have done podcasts for so long that speaking in an uninterrupted kind of hopefully vaguely coherent way is fairly natural now. Um, and similarly, like doing, having started podcasting, the prospect of doing uh, public speaking was a lot less scary. Like I used to think that was just like absolutely terrifying, um, that I'd be standing up on stage and I just would have no words and I would just be standing there, you know, sort of dumbstruck with nothing to say. I'm less worried about that now because I'm, I have the, I've built the muscle and the skill of sitting down in front of a microphone and just talking for a while. Um, and I got all that out of, started actually just deciding that, yes, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try it and I'm going to start it. And then I do, I did start it. And then, you know, it worked out. And if I'd gotten to the end of that 15 episodes and said, you know what, podcasting is not for me. It's like, okay, that's great. Now I know that for sure. Rather than kind of like kidding myself about one day, maybe sometime, if I'm lucky, if I have time, you know, when I'm less busy, <laughs> um, I'll be able to do it. Like though that day is never going to come. And so if you, if it actually isn't important to you, you just need to one day decide, yes, I'm going to do this, make it time bound and short. So you're not actually kidding yourself and saying, I'm going to do this for a year. It's like, no, like maybe you'll do it for a couple of weeks. Um, and if you can do it at the end, do it for that amount of time, maybe you'll want to do it for longer. Yeah. I'd also say that it, it helps a lot to, you know, not only to, to develop these skills and and to be creatively satisfied and to develop and to to find new markets for apps and everything it also helps to use what you have when choosing what to build in your apps use the skills that you have use the experience the wisdom the equipment if that if that's important uh to use what you have and to choose what to work on based on that so for instance i have now a lot of knowledge about 
MP3s, audio, podcasting, how to process audio, how to how to edit and create podcasts, how to play podcasts. So I am in a unique position here that, n- that most iOS developers are not in to, to do additional projects such as the MP3 encoder I'm working on, the chapter tool that I'm working on, and also possibly down the road, a podcast editor app. Like, those are all projects that I that should be on my roadmap and and might and well some of them are but you know those are all things that like it would be an, an interesting idea and probably a good idea for me to leverage what I have as you said your, your wonderful leverage word familiar leverage the knowledge and experience and code that I have to 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 direct my future efforts right it wouldn't make as much sense for my next app to be like a calendar app because I like I would have no advantage over anybody else in making a calendar app. I have n- none of my experience leads to that. I have no existing code, no existing domain knowledge there. Like I would have to basically be relearning everything just like anybody else. Uh, whereas if I made an audio editor, that's like a really big complex thing that you could charge real money for probably. And But most people couldn't just jump into that. If, if anyone else wanted to make that, they would have to first spend a while learning what I already know, building code I've already written, and getting experience I already have. So like as I'm choosing what to work on next, I have to think about like, what is a good idea for me to work on next? And and that that goes into other things like I know how to market things that are related to podcasts. I like I know I have an audience that cares about such things. I I can there's there's some kind of opportunities for integrations between what I already have and a podcast related thing. Whereas if I make a calendar app next, I have nothing. I have I I start from zero, and so this it really helps to use what you have to help choose what goes into your portfolio at all. I mean, you're really good at this. Everything you do recently has had a substantial watch and fitness component because you're really good at watch stuff and fitness stuff. Yeah. And, and seeing that, like, has... In a weird way, I've, I've had to make peace with that. Like, that you kind of have... there In my mind, I kind of look at the world with, like, there's so many different types of development that I could want to get into that there's so many things that I could like in terms of like a calendar app. Like I have ideas for a calendar app. Like I have an idea for almost every app. Of course. Um, like I, I have a massive list of things that are like one someday, maybe, maybe I'd love to build. I had taken a little bit of kind of, I don't even know, like understanding to just look at myself and be like, you know what I should do though? I should make the things that I'm uniquely good at and the things that I have some more skills and experience at because while it could be interesting and fun to like make the other kind of crazy app and go in that direction, um, like the reality is I'm probably wasting my time if I go in that way. Um, whereas if I do something that I, you know, I have this, these abilities and skills in, then I'm, I'm not. Um, and it's also in a weird way, like I think when I think about transferable skills, like I think about how in a weird way, it's kind of a relief because it takes past failings or things that didn't really work out um, and lets you look at them in a more positive light. That like, so I think about like I did a series, this YouTube you know video series te- about like teaching. I think it was like te- teaching people how to make watch apps. It was this like this idea that I had? I put it on YouTube and a lot of people would watch it and it would be you know big and exciting and it this this new line of sort of like business for me, but like a, a new big thing for me. And it went nowhere. Like hardly anybody watched them. It was it, for, ostensibly like a failure. But if I can if I can look at it instead from a perspective of 
like take that experience, break it down into the skills that I learned as a result from that. Like the learned skills are never a failure. Like the outcomes may have been failed. Like they didn't go anywhere and they were didn't really do anything. But the things that I learned in the process of doing it is never is never wasted if I can find a place to then put that into my work. And then now I can look at my work now and say, yeah, it's like, here's the things that I can do. I'm going to make things that work in that, that focus into that, that used all these abilities that I've been building up over time, often out of things that didn't work out in the past. And then you know, apply that into a new way. And that just increases the odds. Because ultimately, all we like, we don't know these are like guaranteed ways to be successful. Like, it's like, all we can do is just like, turn the dial up slightly. So that like, we have a slightly better chance of being successful, we have a slightly better chance of making something um, like impressive and awesome. And this also goes towards diversity of income and resilience of, of your, you know, financial independence, too, is like, as you develop these other skills that that are separate from you know, the raw iOS app development core skill that you're making your business, uh, you you then make it easier not only for you to have alternate income streams if you get good enough at any of these things that you could actually make them side businesses, but also when the next big thing comes along, suppose the next big thing is some kind of combination of iOS apps, video production, and icon design. Like, if you already have like the pieces necessary, you can jump right into the next thing, the next kind of thing that comes around faster and better than other people can who are starting from scratch or who have totally unrelated skills. Uh, it really like all of these things that we've been talking about, about like how to basically be like us or at least how we, how we'd like to be, <laughs> these all fit together. You know, this is all part of one big puzzle here that if you have, diverse skills from different areas that you can bring together to make your ios apps and possibly also have different audience growth from them or different revenue growth or revenue diversity from them that all fits together into making a successful indie developer all right and with all that said we are out of time this week thank you very much everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye